We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on in Perth, Western Australia. The Wadjuk people of the Noongar Nation. We wish to acknowledge their continuing culture. And pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. You can't handle the truth! Man, I'm walking here! I'm walking here! Here's Johnny! You're gonna need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Wanna hear the most annoying sound in the world? Hello everybody, how how are we all? Lewis, Cecilia, Rachel here on uh, Unscripted. How are you? Jolly good. Yeah, I'm all right. Not too bad. <laughs> Jolly good. It's freaking Thursday again. How did I that know. happen? It's nice ridic- and quick. It's ridiculous. It's Time a- flies when you're having fun. It does. Are you having fun in life, Lewis? I, I think I think I am. I think I am just uh, you know, enjoying life in, in general. I think it's been quite good. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we, the, uh, the the TV saga still goes on. We haven't actually got the TV put up yet. My oh um, my. We're uh, hopefully on Saturday it'll go up. It'll be really disappointing if it doesn't. <laughs> but yeah, I, I figure it's better to get somebody who's a professional, knows how to put these things on a wall, rather than trying to do it myself. Because invariably, if I did it myself, at some point in the future, you would hear the the subtle creaks of the uh, screws coming out of the wall, and then the TV would just crash to the ground. And I'd rather that didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. I think you've got to know your limits with some things. Um, yeah, I would not be doing that myself. Oh, I'm, I'm very, very aware of my limits. It's kind of like weeding the garden. I don't know. I could hurt myself doing that. Oh, come I'd on. I'd better get somebody in to look after that for us. Well, oh, no, that just sounds just... a bit like you're a bit, bit of a diva. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was going to say lazy. You're, f- you're That's nicer. Isn't it? <laughs> you're a diva, Lewis. I, no, I, Go I, and weed I, the garden. I picked, up, I picked up dog poo the other day. That was nice. Um, no, no, it's not nice, but... Um, in my old house... The tiny to, droppings yeah. of your chihuahuas do yeah. not classify as feces. Well, my my old, cat's poops are probably yeah. bigger than them, and I've got two of those cats now. But in my old house, like, we had a big area, right? Massive expanse, huge tracts of land. Um <laughs> <laughs> for them to do their business and they would go there and they do their business and it was like enough there was enough like volume of land to volume of poop that the stuff would just you know uh, by natural uh, ways it would go away of its own accord mm. um, generally which is lovely except at Christmas time we would go and clean it up because there was kids around um, see see the things I do for your child is cleaning up dog poo thank but, you I'm, I'm very happy about that yeah but the new house like we've got huge a big house mm. tiny bit of land uh, as far as like the, the grass goes, so the grass has gone from being you know uh, uh, being like the size of a half a football pitch to, to being now the size of I don't know I don't know what, what would be an effective this studio thing? probably the size of the studio mm. much less room much so 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 in a space to poo ratio I've got less space and more poo if you know what Fair I mean enough. so yeah so I do I do do the hard yards I go out well every now and again cat does most of it like don't don't make me sound like I'm the person who goes out there and I don't know. No, no, Kat does most of it before she mows the lawn. See, that's another thing I would get so somebody I'm else So I'm just wondering, what, what do you bring to the marriage? <laughs> what do I bring to the table? Um, I love you, Lewis, yeah. but I'm just wondering. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. I, I, uh, I keep the dogs alive. 
<laughs> you keep so the dogs I guess, alive. I guess I'm actually contributing. Pretty sure Cat does yeah. that too. I'm, I guess I'm contributing to the, the, the issues with the poo. See, if I didn't feed them, they wouldn't poo. And oh, I so it's all to, your it's fault. It's my fault. It's, it's a vicious cycle of pet ownership. But no, uh, so I, I, um, yeah, I, feed, I feed the animals. Uh, mm-hmm. and that I, sounds like a very difficult job. Yep. Well, you're, you're saying this as the pet owner of young pets. See, when you've got young pets, it's easy because you just mm-hmm. like go, here, young pet, have your food. It's, it's not, and I'll, I can discuss it off air because it's a bit gross, yeah. but, uh, yeah, Pepper keeps eating the wrong food because, you know, she's a kitten. She should be eating mm. kitten food. The other food doesn't agree with her. Oh, so now, now we have to uh, feed both of them kitten food until she's not a kitten anymore. In in my case, I've got uh, two. Uh, I've got an elderly dog, fourteen years old. I've got a rare, very elderly cat in Ghosts, who's nineteen years old, and I've got Robin, who she's just got to put up with uh, things because even though she's young at seven, um, you know what's good for uh, the old one, she's going to get that as well. So. Every morning when I feed the animals, I've got to put uh, psyllium husk into their food and uh, that's for their, their fibre, keep their bowels moving. Right. Um, you know, because if you're, if you're a human being, you'd be having like prunes as well as the, the, mm. the psyllium husk. Uh, and then I've got to give them this tooth stuff uh, every day so that their teeth, uh, you know, get nice and plaked off so they don't get their teeth pulled out because Abby's lost most of hers. Um, and then uh, I've got to like put some uh, fish oil on there for some reason. I don't know why, I just do it. Uh, and then you've got to mix, <laughs> mix all that up. Just do it. Yeah, you've got to mix all that up. And while you're doing that, you've got a little dog who, Abby has learnt that uh, to get her way, she just sneezes at you. So she's de- down at your leg just sneezing until you give her food. Right. Um, and uh, just so you, you've got to feed all these animals and then you've got to clean their, clean their bowls. Mm-hmm. You've got to you know, clean litter trays. Oh, God, don't get me started. I trays. thought you said bowls, I, not bowls. I thought you not said bowls. something else. No, I, clean. I thought you said balls. balls. So did I. I have female animals. I, well, this is why we were confused. I heard that as well. Pronunciate, bowls. please. Bowls. 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 Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I do that. Uh, but there, there is a separation of duties. But, yeah, Kat does more outside stuff than I do, to be fair. Like mm. she does a lot more. She, she mows the lawn. She, she does the bulk of the, 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 uh, the dog poo di- di- situation, uh, which I can understand uh, like, uh, why I don't do it as often after my experience the other day. In the wintertime, it's worse than the summertime, I tell you. Well, horrible. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's been an interesting week. Is, uh, I think that's, that's a, the, 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 the uh, uh, gist of it. Mm. I saw two movies. You're listening to Radio Fremantle's <laughs> housekeeping show. <laughs> Welcome to another week of housekeeping and veterinary care with Lewis, Cecilia and Rachel. If you've got some tips about how to keep your cat happy, give us a call. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> I honestly could not listen to a full show of that. <laughs> do, um, do you remember the um, the the lady on? Uh, I think it was on like Channel Nine or something. She used to do the the star signs. Oh yes! Oh my God! Please Virgo, don't remind me. You're gonna have a day full of sunshine and lollipops. <laughs> I don't think that's exactly what, but I, her voice was very distinctive. It was very. But yes, it is actually a film show, not a housekeeping no, show. No. Um, but dis- although I think and last week it was like a how to buy a TV show. No, that was a, a couple of weeks yeah. ago. Sorry. Um, last week was more how not to get ripped off at JB Hi-Fi. Hi-Fi. 
Yeah. Well, mind you, I, I did myself a disservice there because I think if there's a marked price on something and they charge you more, mm. uh, the shop's obligated to give you the marked price. Yes. Um, so Which yeah. is what I said on air. I'm you, like, what are you, you doing? You did. I didn't stand up for myself. It, I was, it was the whole Josser yeah. conversation. Mm. Yeah. I was just uh, I was just run down. I was, there, was, there was too much getting refunds that day and I was like, I can't do it again. <laughs> and so I just, uh, yeah, just I, I backed down and I feel bad for it. I could have the Predator DVDs now, but uh, that's okay. I'll live. Speaking I'll live of Predator though, did you see that this week? No. Now, ah. The reason I didn't see Prey, uh, the new Predator film, is because Cat doesn't like uh, things that are scary mm. or, or suspenseful. Um, and so, uh, like, that's why she didn't go see Nope last night. Yeah. Um, mm. What did she say when you asked her if she wanted to go? Nope. There you go. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, and so uh, with uh, Prey, it's a similar thing. So the only way I can watch uh, Prey is when Cat's not at home or watching something else. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm leaving that until there's, uh, you know, two TVs and then, like, she, she can watch it, something in the bedroom. I can watch something on the couch. Yeah. Or vice versa. Yeah. yeah. Up to you. I'm not going to dictate whether you're in a bed or on a cat. That's just completely up to her. Um, but, yeah, then I'll, I will eventually see it. And I'm looking forward to it because I really do like Predator films. I do like them. Yeah, I think I'm going to check this out. It, it should be good. So, there you go. Ever, ever since I was a kid and you hear those immortal lines, I ain't got time to bleed. Ooh. I was like, nice. Nice. That's yeah. a good, good thing there. I've, I've not seen any of them. Really? Well, I need to go back and rewatch yeah. some because I can't quite recall... No. I just remember my brother and I playing Predator afterwards, so pretending yeah. we were in a Predator game, running around the house, oh. shooting guns at each other. That sounds fun. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you've got a sibling and you're close no, in not, age. not in my house. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It took uh. us a very long time to be friends. Did okay. you did you affect a Arnold Schwarzenegger accent while you were doing it? We did. My brother used to, uh, he's going to kill me if he ever heard this, but he used to dress up like Arnie. Um, particularly from the Terminator films, like black shirt, <laughs> jeans, glasses. Wait, wait, was this for uh, like going out <laughs> or just in normal or was this for a costume party? Just at home, just normal, for just yeah. for fun on the weekend. Uh, we were just running. We used to play, yeah, growing up with a brother, it's you always tend to play kind of gun games and, and action games. So you'd be running around the house hiding from each other, popping out and like, I'm going to get you and things uh, like I wouldn't that. Know, I, I wouldn't know what that would be like I my games were can I play Lego with you no <laughs> um, or I'm gonna smack you to get your attention if you hit me I'm gonna hit you two times as hard and then I'd hit him and he'd hit me back two times as hard yeah he, he was a man of his word <laughs> um, I mean I'm sure I was a, an annoying little pooper but uh, sibling yeah. rivalry yes but not going. now we're very good friends now but um i think i do recall a time where i think he wanted to emulate judd nelson's character from from uh what do you call it breakfast, breakfast club, club. Breakfast club. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah that that style that look i don't know if he ever went there fully but he, he did aspire to it at some point oh, and he will hear different this, times, so he they? may kill me <laughs> i don't know uh the different times weren't they Mm. It's just nowadays you don't see. Or I mean, I don't imagine kids running around the house playing games anymore. I think it's more visual and virtual reality. Uh, and I don't depends know. Depends on the kids. I think like, it depends on the kids. When mm. Bryce, like Bryce, is an only child, but when he has his mates over, there's lots of running around the house oh, or jumping on the trampoline or yeah, you know, um, they, they've mm. got a story about a poison monster. Oh. Um, a poison monster. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's been mm. going on for mon- months. Oh. This thing, and then they draw plans. Um, like maps 
on how to attack them and stuff. So it's, you know, they've still, Cute. it's not all screen time. And then today, um, it, it, we're back to housekeeping. <laughs> the housekeeping show. And here's advice on how to get your child entertained. Go to Ikea, buy some things, uh, get some boxes and then turn them into a large house for him to live in. <laughs> I thought you were going to say take him to Ikea and let him leave him there for a bit. <laughs> no, no. Uh, uh. No, I, I was supposed to do some uni work this afternoon um, but instead um, we played some music, me and Bryce, because you know he's learning drums and, and um, ukulele and then um, Chris came home with some boxes and we made a house. Oh, that's cool. Um, just trying. Here we go. Here you go. Oh. So I put a letterbox on it. <laughs> um, it's got some windows. It's got some curtains. Um, and of course, uh, I'll just, there's, um, and I'm showing pictures for those of you who are some artwork on the wall. Nice. So, you know. That was a, a well-spent afternoon. Oh, I do love the fact that you bought boxes home and the first thing that uh, you see in them is cats. <laughs> yes. Cats and boxes. Love them. Well, they love just them. addicted to yeah. them. Yes. I wouldn't mind one of those little houses if you could just um, oh, look, do I could, one Look, I could fit in it. I had to go in there to, uh, you know, put the artwork up and to secure the curtains. So you could probably fit <laughs> in there. Secure the curtains. Yeah, you know. Well, I mean, the, the price of living is pretty expensive. <laughs> so, I mean, get yourself a good box and you'll be right. Oh, look, I'm tempted to be like like going out and getting spray paint and like spray painting it white and doing the whole thing. But it's a cardboard box. It's not going to last that long. But anyway, other than Nope, what was the other film that you saw today? Uh, saw today? I, oh, not today. <laughs> this week, I should say. Uh, the Tuesday Club, um, oh, which was in the Scandi- yeah. Scandinavian Film Festival. Mm. I think it's getting a wider release. I should check when that's actually coming out. Mm. Um, but yeah, I shall be uh, speaking on those two topics. Also, uh, I saw this week uh, on Netflix, um, The Sandman came out mm. and uh, Kat is a uh, big fan of the comic and uh, was very excited for it. So we kind of watched uh, it all very, very quickly. Um, so I don't know anything about The Sandman, so I'm looking forward to hearing about that. What, what about you, Cecilia? What have you got to well, chat been, about today? I've been away for a couple of weeks, so you'll have to remind me if I've spoken about these films or not. The Forgiven and Murder Party. Oh, I've not heard of Murder Party. I don't think I've spoken about either. I think mm. I briefly mentioned The Forgiven, but I don't actually think I gave it a full review. So, I, But I could be wrong um, just because I've been away for two weeks. And I did watch the Shania Twain documentary. There's a Shania Twain? Uh, as well. Uh, but, look, I mean, we don't have to talk about that <laughs> if we don't want to. <laughs> well, uh, I, I've not seen much this week, um, but I did watch the new Australian film um, Edward and Isabella, and it's set in in um, Albany, so oh, it's right. it's a cool. Perth-based um, <laughs> movie. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to having a chat about that. So. Do you see Dog Rock? No, you don't see Dog Rock. How do you know it's set in Albany if you don't see Dog Rock? Well, because, look, I'll go into it, okay. but um, <laughs> we might uh, go quickly to a sponsor and then come back and, indeed, have a chat about something that we've seen. No more housekeeping, we promise. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show... So who would like to go first? Um, well, we both went and saw uh, Nope last night, so we discuss... Uh, Let's talk nope. about, yeah, Nope. Sounds like a good plan. Nope. It's it's the new Jordan Peele film, uh, the latest in his, I would say, trilogy of films because he, we started out with Get Out mm-hmm. and then we had a film called Us. So when we were coming in today... Lewis was saying that he hadn't seen the Get Out movie. Uh, and I'd just like to point out... It's not the get out, um, but it's almost like, you know, when a really old person goes, oh, 
I'm going to get on the, the interwebs or the internets. The interwebs. Yeah. Sorry, Lewis. Um, and I think for a lot of people, Get Out was such a prolific film and it, it did garner a lot of attention. I think it was nominated for an Academy Award mm. uh, as well. And, you know, Daniel Kaluuya was the star of that film and I think it really kick-started his career in Hollywood. He's a British actor and I've known him for some some time. But Personally, that sounded personal. Personally, um, but he mm. really kick-started his career and Get Out was, yeah, such a, an interesting film with a lot of subtext around racism and I could go on and on about that film but it's been out for so long now that I'll, I won't. And then a few years later we had Us, which... I wasn't particularly a fan of. Mm. I, I don't recall really understanding its message. I think there was one. I think Jordan <laughs> Peele's really known for his messages in film. And I know you both seen Us because I have a feeling we all went to the pre we together. Did. We all went together and <clears throat> I, I wasn't overly impressed with it. I thought, you know, the acting was great because it wasn't... Um, uh, um, Lupita, oh, I've got her name wrong. Lupita Nyong'o. Nyong'o. Yeah. She was in that, wasn't she? Yeah. I, I yeah. believe she was. She was great. And I think part of the reason I didn't see Nope was because I watched the trailer and I know it's like UFA, like there's an alien aspect. Yeah. And I was like, mm, not for me. And also because I didn't really like Us I that much. I think the trailer gave a lot away in this film. It really Correct does. me if I'm wrong, Lewis, but I felt like a lot of it was kind of there. But look, I think I, I would highly recommend Get Out for a film. Uh, Us, eh, not so much. But the thing I like about Peel is his films are so different and Nope is, he's kind of following that um, same kind of suite as well in that it's totally different from his other mm. films. I mean, Daniel Kalua returns as OJ in this film. Uh, 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 there's already some subtext there, I suppose you could point out if you want. Oh, yeah, um, I guess. Uh, OJ. There's uh, a reference in the film. Yeah, because OJ was Otis Jr. Otis Jr. Yeah, and because his dad obviously was Otis. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and you've got Kiki Palmer who plays his sister and these are two siblings who run this kind of um, – Ranch where they train horses to be in Hollywood films, mm. films like Scorpion King and, and others, <laughs> and uh, previously run by their father, who uh, unfortunately uh, passes away. Uh, it's actually in the trailer, so I'm not giving anything away there. But then some weird stuff begins to happen out in this ranch. Um, some some strange things occur in the night, and what it. And this business is really struggling. So what it actually becomes is these two siblings trying to capture the phenomenon on camera so that they can make some money from it. Because isn't that what you do when you see something in the sky? You try and get it on film so that you can, of course. you know, share you it with monetize, the world. You've got to monetise experiences. It, you know, you exactly. Can't, you can't just experience things without monetising it. Don't be ridiculous. Yeah, it has to be recorded <laughs> and shown to people otherwise it didn't happen. Well, I mean, their, their business is struggling and this is really the only way that they, they see it move forward is to make some money from capturing a UFO on camera. And they enlist some help from um, this guy called uh, Angel who works at one of those kind of big um, JB Hi-Fi-like yeah. stores where they sell, you know, equipment and homewares. Uh, and then you've also got this interesting uh, filmmaker. I think his name's Antler. And he is known for just filming some really avant-garde kind of things. And he's enlisted in the, the project as well. And you've got Stephen Yen who plays this child star 
who kind of lives up the road on this ranch. And there's some other stories bleeding into this as well. There's I won't go into too much detail because I don't want to confuse listeners too much about that because majority yeah. of the story is about this, um, yeah, these, this unidentified flying object, which is kind A of tormenting. UFO? Yeah, which is kind of tormenting them and, and the premises and, and doing some bizarre things. But, um, yeah, look, it's a bit of a sci-fi slash horror. I think there's some... I think I interpreted the film in a different way maybe than what you did, Lewis. I don't know. What, what do you think? Well, it's it's one of these films with Jordan Peele's films. There's what you're seeing, like the story that uh, he's presenting to you, but there's always going to be a, a subtext around it. Mm. I mean, with Get Out, it was you know all about you know racism, so like really you know, hardcore in there. Um, with uh, us, I think it was nature versus nurture is kind of like some of the subtext that they were looking for there but in this film you know the 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 story that they're presenting and what you see in the trailer is only the kind of a story Mm. uh which is the uh you know the the ufo the mystery of the ufo them trying to capture it on film um and the 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 fact that the uh whenever this thing is present it knocks out power like Mm. and not just in a way of it knocks out like you know power lines and things like that but if you've got a battery it'll knock out the battery so no power works obviously no cameras will work um so it's a question of like how do you get something on camera where you've got no power Mm. um and interestingly they actually bring in uh like the first like footage of somebody uh i don't know we should check that out and see if that's actually true um but in the movie they're saying the first real footage of a human being was an african-american guy on a horse and uh so he was the first you know stunt man he was the first actor he was the first thing to be on on film um, so that's what they're saying about this this um, person. Uh, so it was there's there's subtext in it, and there's a B story about um, the, the the character that's played by um, Stephen Yen, uh, who is Ricky Jupe Park, and he was a child actor. He had a, a show where an animal went nuts and did some damage, and so again like uh, there the, is a subtext about this film you know animals in uh you know in movies like mm-hmm. is it a good thing is it a bad thing i mean and we've got we've kind of got away a lot from using animal actors to using more cg yeah. of animal actors so i don't know i'm just trying to I, I really would love to see this with a commentary track so yeah. i understand what he was actually trying to get to um yeah it's it's one of those films where i just i left and i was like I saw that. I'm just not quite sure what, what I saw mm. and whether I liked it. I, I don't think – either way, it's kind of a film you see once and then you, you kind of like don't really need to see it again. Um, just to clarify that that scene that we're talking about. Um, so in 1878, before kind of the rise of wow, Hollywood um, and the earliest silent movies, uh, there was a man called uh, – Edward Mybridge, I think is how you pronounce his name. And he was captured motion basically and um, he showed every stage of a horse's gallop as it's kind of sped across a track. So that's what you see um, at the beginning of this film and peppered kind of throughout as well. So uh, that is in, in fact true. So, 1878. Wow, that's really um, full on. That's but mm. apparently he was acquitted for murder. So, oh. um, 
I, I don't know. I would like to know more about him, but I think, yeah, there's probably a message there. I did enjoy in this film some of the action sequences of um, Daniel Kaluuya on the horse yeah, yeah, yeah. riding through trying to capture some of that footage. I thought that was quite good. But for me that was kind of the highlight of, of, of that and that's what I wanted to see more of. But it kept kind of, yeah, going back and forth between that story and then this other mm. story about this um, chimp that went cray-cray. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, but yeah, I kind of, yeah, I mean, look, I think I knew, knew what I was getting going into this film. So for me, I'm not disappointed, but I, I actually didn't mind the film, to be honest. Well, it wasn't like I, I, I disliked the film. It was just more like, uh. I think when I saw Up, I kind of got it more. I don't think with this film... Oh, I'm, you mean Us. So with Us, not Up. I, I really got Up. Up uh, is a really yeah, good film. <laughs> yeah, with Us, uh, I, I kind of got it more, what, they, what he was aiming for, whereas with this one, I'm just still... I left, I'm just going, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to think or what, what I'm supposed to get out of it. Mm. Uh, yeah, get out? See, I got out. <laughs> um, what, what I was supposed to get out of it. So, yeah, that's the only thing I've, I've got. Uh, got an issue with. I I enjoyed the action. I enjoyed the storyline. Um, I just the the antagonist in the film. It's it's big and it's like it just doesn't seem as dangerous as you you really think it should be. And when it when you've got science killing things in a film, mm. the kill should be like more like you know more. I mean. They're not visceral kills, but they are disturbing in the way that they happen. That, so we've discussed this message of animals in film mm. as being maybe one of the messages, but interestingly I've just kind of thought of another one that might be a little bit thinking too deep into this. <laughs> so just look at me weird if you think it's... But the whole horse galloping thing... Uh, that we see in the film, that first ever footage of that, mm. there was a lot of controversy uh, among people as to whether or not all four of the horse's hooves come off the ground when it runs. And it kind of polarised scientists and people that watched it. So what if the message of the film is what you see on camera <laughs> is not necessarily real life? I don't know because mm. we're talking about them trying to capture footage. I don't know. That's just... It, it, you could draw so many meanings it from could, this film. It could also be, like, the nature of, of beings as well. Like, yeah. You know, even though you can tame something, the the, the natural instincts can still come back and... <sighs> this is getting real deep, Lewis. See what I mean? This, this is what <laughs> I mean with this film. I mean... <laughs> Maybe like this film, uh, you know, it's great. You look at it, you go, this looks great, this sounds great, um, it's, it's amazing, but it's really f- trying to figure out what mm. Jordan Peele is trying to say is the is the, 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 the hard part of it. Yeah, isn't that what Google's for? What's Jordan Peele trying to say <laughs> in uh, the I new f- movie? No. I, I should have probably watched some maybe interviews with him about it, but I don't know. I feel like filmmakers don't always sit down and tell you what a film is about because they want you to do this. Mm. Well, so yeah, I doubt he's going to sit there and say, this is what it's about. He's going to probably say, well, what do you think it's about? And that's yeah. the beauty of this film and that's the beauty of film yeah. and art. But he's a, great, he's a great filmmaker. He's a visionary. Like he's taken a UFO story and he's done something with it mm. I haven't seen before. Yeah. Um, so, but he also kind of uh, earlier in the film he has a scene where he gives you what you're you're expecting he gives you like he fulfills your expectations and then takes you in a completely different direction mm. 
this is the wankiest review I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was going to say, this feels like a really like cliche review. Yeah. Like, I feel like, so in that part, he really got down to the... Yeah, I just, yeah. I I we're normally for layman's, are I we? This is getting a bit the movie so show. so pretentious yeah. right now. So, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I did literally Google... Uh, what is Jordan Peele's new movie supposed to be about? Um, do you want the answer Please that he gave? tell me. This is uh, an interview he gave with G- GQ. Um, it's about taking up that space. It's about existing. It's about acknowledging the people who were erased in the journey to get here. So I wonder what he means by that is Hollywood is, um, is built on the backs of um, black people who mm. were basically erased from, you know, y- you don't, you didn't see them or hear yeah. about them or anything until yeah. a certain amount of time. But you're looking, he's talking about, you know, um, y- you know, this horse uh, trainer who happens to be black, but maybe he's not getting any um, recognition recognition for that. Mm. And how generally speaking in Hollywood, it has taken a very, 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 very long time for them to pay attention to anyone who is not um, white and male. Mm. So mm. I like that this has sparked conversation though and just thinking Well, I've about, not even seen it. I think that that's the beauty of this. You can go and watch this and have a conversation about what this film potentially is about. But I like that. I think that makes a lot of sense to me mm. about what he's saying is about the, yeah, erasing and, and yeah. Well, because, you know, you were talking about how... Um, his dad Otis and him both train horses for movies mm. and stuff like that. So they're kind of connected to the Hollywood, um, you know, machine. Mm. And then you've got the other guy who um, owns the the business, his neighbour nearby, yep. who used to be a child actor. Mm. And then I believe there's some trauma in his past. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, about the cast that he, he used to work with. So, yeah... Interesting. I, I like it. I like this film the more I talk about it. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Because it, it really does show it to me. I think this is what film is about. You need to dig underneath the surface yeah. of what something is doing, and those are the films that I enjoy. That I can walk away from this and go, Hey, I don't know what that means, but it's making me think. That's I love. I, like. I love having again. A big I old feel chat. pretentious just saying that, but yeah. that to me is a good film. Yeah. When, it get, when you have to go beneath it. To, to I, I wonder really if it's worth a second watch. I because you you said it's something I'd only ever watch once. Or I've seen Get Out twice, mm. and I actually got more from the second viewing because yeah. I was able to absorb it the first watch, mm-hmm. and then the second go, I was able to go okay, look a bit deeper, yeah, and actually pick up on things. So mm-hmm. potentially, yes. I I would um, yeah. Now I want to see it. Mm. So how are we scoring this? Oh, I thought of something last night and I've forgotten what I was going to say. I am going to give this um, three and a half annoying prey mantises. <laughs> oh, I forgot what mine was. It was really funny too. Um, I'm going to score it four. Oh, my gosh. Four cowboy hats. Well, if but you, rem- that's not if what you I was remember say. later yeah. on in the show... <laughs> Please do share with us because we definitely want to hear it. Um, We're going to have another um, sponsor and I'm going to come back and talk about the Aussie film uh, Edward and Isabella. Did you know that Fremantle has its very own art house cinema? 
you'll find Luna on Essex, midway along Essex Street in the heart of Fremantle, screening an incredible variety of niche, foreign language and quality mainstream films in comfortable and intimate surrounds. It feels more like your own home movie theatre rather than a cinema. Catch up with friends for a pre-show drink in the fully licensed Alfresco area or enjoy a glass of wine and a cheese platter during the movie. Check out what's on along with details of forthcoming films, festivals and added value events at lunapalace.com.au. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. So um, I got to watch a, a new film called Edward and Isabella and it's it's a film that was... Um, that was created by, uh, it's written and directed by a guy called uh, Adam Morris and it's got like a a lot of awards basically, a lot of awards. Um, So it stars uh, Chloe Hurst who may have previously been seen in The Nice Guys with Russell Crowe and, and Ryan Gosling and also I Feel Pretty with Amy Schumer but she's I believe an Australian actress. Um, and then um, it also stars a, like a, a relatively newcomer as as her as Edward, her partner. So, and this film has got multiple awards. Um, it's and it's just a little a little film that was uh, filmed down in Albany in WA during the pandemic. So it's um you know self funded and you know it's the little film that could basically. So, I it, it's a very very pared back almost like. Um, play type of film. So you've got the two characters and that's mainly all you see. They do go into Albany a couple of times, but it's it's basically a week away um, down south to try to reconnect. Um, and so they're staying at this really nice, I guess it's like an Airbnb somewhere, um, relatively large property. Um, you know, they've they've got the things that you normally get there, like vouchers to go to a winery and all that sort of stuff. All those lovely things that we do when we go down south, you know, it's very, very relatable in that sense. Um, but Edward and Isabella's relationship is not quite going very well, which is one of the reasons they've gone down south to try and, you know, reconnect with each other. So you've got um, that time away and then it's interspersed with like little snippets of um, either Isabella or Edward talking to who I imagine might be a marriage counsellor. You never see them, um, but you just see Edward and Isabella talking to them about the relationship basically. It's a really... Um, it's really hard to describe this film because when I started watching it, there's there's not a it's a like, when I say paired back, I mean there's not a whole lot of um, music to it. There's not um, fancy sets or anything like that. Um, but it's the idea and behind the movie that makes it interesting. I started watching it, and because you're so used to when you watch a film, everything being so polished and you know, you got music and you got like, you know, specky lighting and all that sort of stuff. I'm sure Adam Morris had a lot of that sort of stuff as well, but a very pared back version. Um, so you kind of feel like, what is this? Like, it's, it's, I don't get why this has been made. I don't know if I'm going to like this because it automatically is different to, to everything you'd normally used to in a film. But I went through a bit of a journey when I was watching this because at the start, you know, Edward's talking about stuff and I'm I'm totally in 
Isabella's shoes and I'm like, this guy is so annoying. When is he going to shut up? I can see why she's moving to the balcony because this guy is ridiculous. You guys just need to break, you need to break up with him. He is clearly just boring. Why are you with him? And then as time goes on, suddenly my point of view changes to Edward's point of view and I'm like, oh, he's trying his best here. He's like, but I think she's depressed and it's got nothing to do with the relationship. He's just trying to make things work. And I never noticed when the transition happened, I was suddenly just having somebody else's opinion. Like, so it's, it's very good filmmaking in that sense because it's very hard to do that transition in a not obvious way. This is a completely weird comparison, but have you ever seen the movie Perfume Story of a Murderer? Yes. So that film, and like I said, completely different film. It's a very weird thing to compare it to. But the first time I saw that movie, I never noticed um, the first half of the movie has a narrator Mm -hmm. and the second half doesn't. And I never noticed that the first time I watched it, like when the narrator stopped talking. Mm. It was only after I saw it a second time. They're like, hang on a minute. There was... What happened there? Did the serial killer kill the narrator? (laughs) (laughs) Well. No, he didn't smell that good, so (laughs) he couldn't. Um, But that is a sign of a really well-made film Mm. because, you know, otherwise it's really obvious Mm. in your face where the transition happens. So um, it's... It's a really interesting film. There's not much to it. There's not a huge plot or anything, but I think I liked it because of that um, element of like, oh, look at what's happened to me during the watching of this film. Mm. Um, so it's it's showing obviously at, at Luna and um, at some of the smaller cinemas. Um, I'm not too sure if it's got a wider release, but it is out now. And like I said, it's lot, it won lots of awards and... It kind of reminds me a little bit of Kevin Smith, not like the humour or, or anything, but, you know, a lot of his movies are really dialogue heavy mm. and this is kind of like a play where there's a lot of dialogue but there's also lots going on in their faces um, so you kind of feel like the tension and the, all that sort of stuff. So it's, it's interesting. Um, but anyway, it is showing now and I am going to give it... Um, Three and a half bottles of chilled Pinot. Ooh, love me some Pinot. Oh, they did too. (laughs) (laughs) They did. Oh, well, it sounds like a very interesting film. Yeah. Uh, So there you go. Um, So we've still got a mountain of things to cover. Shall we have our last sponsor break and then come back and go through the rest of the list? Sure, let's do it. Let's do it. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. So you saw a movie called... You've seen two movies that I haven't heard anything about. Yeah, and because I've been away for two weeks, that these are two films that are out now in select cinemas but I haven't had the opportunity to talk about them. One is a film called The Forgiven and the other is a French film called Murder Party. Very different films. So mm. what would you like to hear about first? Oh, what have you got lined up? Oh, let's I, talk I am about, interested in The Murder Party, I must admit. But let's talk we'll about forgive, The Forgiven. So this is a film which is 
based on a novel by Lawrence Osborne, who is a British novelist and journalist. And I'm not entirely sure how the source material compares to the film because I've not read it, but uh, I would really like to go back and maybe, you know, visit that if, if I have some time. But go on. No, no, it's no? okay. <laughs> I just, I, I've, I've gone and searched it and I do remember seeing something about this and I'll be interested to hear what you have to say about it because it's giving me some interesting vibes. Excellent. So the film opens up and we meet David and Joe, who are a wealthy couple from London and they've arrived in Morocco to attend this lavish party in a remote section of the Atlas Mountains. And now this is not spoiling the film because it is in the trailer and it is also at how the film begins but on the way to the party they hit a young Muslim boy on the road and kill him and they're really honest about it and get the police involved but they're kind of a bit hush hush the police as well and the next day the father of the boy arrives uh, at this lavish mansion seeking answers and he requests that David uh, who I should mention is played by Ray Fiennes Mm. and uh, Joe is played by Jessica Chastain But he requests that David return with him to the boy's village to bury him. So he goes on this little quest while Joe stays back at this, you know, beautiful mansion and spends the weekend partying. So you've got writer-director John Michael McDonoghue who really examines, I suppose, the differences between the two cultural abysses. Mm. You've got, like, this lavish lifestyle that Westerners will go and seek, but then you've also got the Eastern culture, which is, you know, there's a lot of poverty there. Mm. And I think there's a few lessons underpinning the film. You've got David in particular uh, who goes on this really transformative path as someone who is haunted by guilt. He he gradually takes responsibility as, you know, to this tragedy that's incurred because initially he was very naive about it and went, oh, you know, life is life. Things like this happen all the time. You know, I you know, whatever. I don't think that's how I would react if I hit a boy. Oh, yeah. dear me, um, I seem to have hit somebody and killed them. How terrible. But that is exactly how he was at the beginning of this what? film. And, wow. And Joe was very much the opposite. Like, no, we need to tell the police, look, we've taken a life. And then she kind of goes on this journey of partying for the weekend. You've got um, Matt Smith in this film mm, who is mm. the um, plays Richard and he's kind of the the party goer and he's instigated the whole thing you know the party so yeah you've got two very different stories and it's such an interesting dichotomy to see the western and east and eastern culture you've even got these servants and at this party who are just standing there looking at these westerners you know doing cocaine and just serving them around and they're just kind of so it's such an interesting it's like Look a dichotomy at, of like yeah. two different cultures going on at the same time. And I really liked that. And I think I was really impressed with the the performances, particularly Ray Fiennes in this. Um, I think that the leads were just fantastic. And I think, yeah, it's such a thought-provoking film and I really enjoyed it. And it was one of those films, the ending is not what I expected. So mm. uh, definitely worth seeing this one on the big screen if you can. Well, that's not at all what I was thinking. For some <laughs> reason, I was... Do, do you remember the two faces of January? Yes. 
This does have actually very similar vibes. Oh, really? But it's not as <clears throat> remind that had a bit of a twist in the film. I think it did. So, um, so that film, um, the two faces of the two faces. Sorry, I'm typing. Because um, it had um, Kirsten. Dunst yes. and um, Vigo Mortensen. Is that how you? Yes, yeah, that um, is. And also um, uh, Isaac, uh, sorry, oh, Oscar, Oscar Isaac. Isaac. This was a brilliant film. I do remember this. So I feel like it was set in the 50s or the 60s. I think it was maybe the mm. 60s. And um, curse. The, it's basically a married couple are on, I think, a honeymoon mm. and they bump into this stranger who's fleeing something and there's like a detective who and someone dies i can't remember it quite very well but i just remember it being remarkably good and it was a juxtaposition of kind of who these characters were in their own lives and how they are when they're in a different country yeah like the wealth of you know how even wealth can't sometimes get you out of situations yeah that you know you've Mm. put yourself in and that you know no life is better than yeah. You know, another. Really. Yeah. Yeah. So. so how are we scoring The Forgiven? I'm going to score this for Martinis. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then I, I imagine Murder Party is a very different film. It is. It premiered at the French Film Festival but did get a general release uh, and it centres around um, Gian, Gian, Gian She's got a French name. Let's just put it that way. And she's an architect who is kind of lured to this man. Lured. Under this false pretense that she's to renovate it. But here she meets this really eccentric family who head this board game empire and the patriarch is found dead. Um, and the film becomes a bit of a murder mystery as, you know, who done it. Hi. Hello. Hi. Is this a remake of the film that came out recently with like... Um, it looks like it, but it's not. Knives You're out? You're thinking at night. Yeah, it looks like it, but it's not. It um, even has like the, the poster is really yep. similar. The colours are really similar. Mm. That's at a house of someone who dies and it's a murder mystery. Yeah, look, it is a murder mystery and it's interesting though. I found the film slightly mundane and it wasn't until the third act when it kind of caught my interest and took a bit of a turn into what I can only describe as the Twilight Zone. Okay. <laughs> so it started out as a murder mystery but becomes something else in the third act. It doesn't quite compare to those murder mysteries like Knives Out mm. or Clue. Um, but I have to commend it on its ambitious third act. I think that for me, I actually sat there going, oh, please end. I can't bear this film any longer. Oh, does, is it as because it was bad? Or because, because it was, it was bad and just oh. boring and it was like, I've seen this before. And then the third act hits and I'm like, hang on a minute, this is kind of cool. Like, thank oh. you. You've given me something to kind of, it did a bit of a 360 on me, which um, isn't the first time a film has done that. I always compare that film with Zac Efron, We Are Your Friends as being this really boring film and then something happens and then it's Mm. like, hang on a minute, I'm interested, I'm intrigued, what's happening here? And I quite enjoyed that. So it does start out as a murder mystery, enters the twilight zone for a little bit and becomes a little bit of a psychological comedy. So it's... Comedy? Comedy? Um, Black comedy? Sorry, I'm like just teasing everyone's Mm. like vocal... So, Quirks look, today. I, I have to commend it on that that third act alone. Unfortunately, I still sit on the fence a little bit. I'm going to score it two and a half. Um, oh, two and a half 
chess pieces. But it, it's worth a what like if you do see this film, just know that it's going to switch it's at gonna some get, point. It's going to get better. It's going to get, get better. Just stay in there. Persevere. Sorry, yeah. just hang- persevere through it because yeah. it, it does get a little bit interesting, and you go, "Oh, hang on a minute, that's kind of cool." So yeah, hang in there like that little kitty in the poster. Yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, before, I was going to quickly talk about um, uh, the sa- uh, the Sandman, uh, which is on Netflix. Just the whole thing, just ten episodes, just went. Pff, it's ten or nine, nine or ten episodes just dropped uh, onto uh, the the old Netflix. Um, but before, the old Netflix. <laughs> before I do, uh, I wanted to to mention because um, my boss uh, he asked me uh, about Mike. Mike, if you're listening, hi. Um, he asked me about uh, Top Gun, and I said how good Top Gun was, and I really enjoyed it. And I didn't mention to him that Top Gun is actually like you know if you've seen Top Gun, the original one, mm-hmm. Top Gun Maverick is pretty much. Top Gun, uh, yeah. just, they've just redone it. Exactly. Like, to, the point, <laughs> to the point where the start of the movie is literally the same start of the movie as it is in, in Top Gun. Um, Are they as sweaty though? Because they're really sweaty in the original Top Gun. I think they're sweatier because no. uh, we've had, had uh, global warming since <laughs> and then. And Tom Cruise is older, so yeah. he probably sweats more. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, uh, he had a point and I didn't, didn't uh, you know, twig with me until he said it. Um, but in Top Gun, they're training for a mission, right? Mm. The mission is that they've got to go through this very narrow valley and then they've got to go like just over a hill and then they've got to like drop a bomb on a target uh, that's very, very small to, to blow up. You, do you see where I'm going? I yeah. 100% see that connection, my yeah. sir. And he said... It's just Star Wars. It's just the trench run from Star Wars. And I was like, holy crap, it is. <laughs> and I was like, it just, it, it, weirdly, it didn't occur to me before Mind when somebody blowing. actually pointed it out that Top Gun Maverick is pretty much just Top Gun with a bit of Star Wars thrown in. Still, still a great film. Still enjoy the heck out of it. But um, yeah, it, it is not, there's nothing original there at all. But it was still good to see like practical effects and planes yeah. flying practically. Well, and I mean, Tom Cruise can really fly. And I mean, I hate the guy, but he is extremely <laughs> charismatic. Um, I watched a video of him taking James Corden for a fly in a in like one of those planes and it's quite hilarious to watch because James is very scared <laughs> and Tom finds it very funny. He's got a very interesting <laughs> laugh, that's for sure. Now, I've got... Who, eight- Tom Cruise? Tom Cruise. Yeah. Have you heard that story when he's talking about the altitude level and that there's some people in the back pass out in the mm. plane? And how he's laughing about that. Oh, it's, it's Yeah, I think he's a psychopath. He's definitely a psychopath. Anyway, sorry, Lewis. Go be careful not like branding people like this. Otherwise, I know, he's not. He's, people know. He'll get cancelled. <laughs> anyway, um, Scientology will come for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, Oops, no, they will. <laughs> yeah, very true. Uh, we've got eight minutes left. Sorry, the show. let's get through um, it. We've got uh, the, the Sandman. Is, like, this TV show is literally a, 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 like something that people have been desperate to see for 30 years. Mm. Since Neil Gaiman wrote the original Sandman comic book um, 30 years ago, uh, people have gone, I, I want to see what this would be like on screen. Now, n- I'm glad that Sandman has not been done until now because had it been done uh, under anyone else's watchful eye, then Neil Gaiman, it wouldn't have been as good as what we've uh, been given. <laughs> um, 
So the, uh, the the Sandman uh, TV show, which is, as I mentioned, all uh, 10 episodes are now out on Netflix, um, is a story of Dream, who is one of... Uh, um, oh God, I'm, uh, trying, I'm blanking on what they call themselves... Um, is it the endless? Uh, it's it starts with an E. <laughs> but uh, cattle texts us in a minute she if, she's, will... if she's listening. I don't know if she is though because we've said some stuff and I was expecting a text. Yes. So I don't think she's listening live. Yeah. But um, so uh, he is is. Oh wait, I, mean, I just got a text that said, "Oh yeah, she is listening." Endless. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was endless. Yes, I got it right. Woohoo! Yeah. Go me. <laughs> um, the <laughs> she said it also to that as well. Uh, the uh, so he dream is like the in the endless. There's like they all start with D's because I'm, I'm guessing their parents weren't very creative and just decided I'll have dream and death mm. and delirium and I think one's called destruction. Um, Oh, and desire. Um, so all, all all D's, and they've all got their own little uh, realms. Um, and his is uh, Morpheus is dream. So he looks after us while we're asleep, and like he's created the dreams, and he's created the nightmares, and that is his his realm. Now this um, underhanded magician-y type person who wants to live forever decides, or, and actually bring back his son. So Voldemort. Yeah, no, bring back his son from the dead. Um, <laughs> He decides to capture death, mm. but he gets the wrong D and captures Dream instead and holds him in a cell for over 100 years. Um, so this is 100 years where people aren't going to be able to dream, some people can't wake up from their sleep. It's, it's a really uh, bad That's news bear time. scary. Yeah. So the first episode of it is all his being captured and everything like that, and then it's about him losing three articles, which are his tools, and him having to get those things back, and then the uh, remainder of the season is about him uh, trying, to, um, trying to capture and bring back to the dream realm um, some nightmares that had escaped and this is a beautiful story it is like it's really really interesting it's really well told it's uh 10 episodes it it is not something that goes at it like a, at a ball at a gate. Mm. This, uh, the story is given time to unfold. You're given time to understand who the characters are, um, what their motivations are. Um, it's, it's just some really just, you know, the fact that he wrote Sandman 30 years ago and this uh, adaptation of it is very um, faithful to the comics. He's changed the gender and ethnicity of some of the characters, but the the um the character uh the the the, act, the characters and the, the 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 souls of the characters are still there um so it's it's a phenomenal uh tv show and hopefully it's the start of more tv shows we'll see and everyone's got a kind of um appreciation for dreaming because everyone dreams mm. I mean, we're not all lucid dreamers like uh <laughs> cecilia oh, no. is sorry guys uh, but i mean <laughs> you will probably have a, a stronger connection to this tv show because mm. of that um so yeah i, I honestly i think uh, you should uh, you know jump on board uh, the sandman check it out i mean 
You've got some uh, Tom St- uh, Sturridge plays Dream, uh, and he he was cast after they saw thousands of people to get somebody who you know embodies the character, and he, they do a great job there. Um, Patton Oswalt is in it as the voice of uh, Matthew the Raven. He's fantastic. Um, there's uh, Vivian Ash Ashim Pong uh, plays Lucian, uh, and she's the librarian in the in the Dream realm. Um, <coughs> you've got David Thewillis is in there. He's got a very 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 interesting role. Um, you've uh, also got um, uh, Stephen Fry uh, is in it as well. He's, mm. He comes near the back end of of the uh, the season, but it's just brilliantly cast, brilliantly written, brilliantly acted. Um, it's just if you like uh, you like uh, fantasy, if you you like to have you know well written stories, just watch The Sandman. It is that good. Um, so we did run out of time to talk about the Tuesday Club, but uh, apparently it's brilliant and everyone should see it. Well, it's so. not until next week. Ah. That's why we... we, we uh, oh, okay we, we then. We put that one on a, a kibosh. So I, I did mm. mention it before, but you I might was been, maybe not paying yeah. attention. Oopsie. <laughs> um, anyway, we are going to get out of here. Um, actually, has anyone seen The Grey Man on Netflix? Everyone keeps talking about it and I still haven't, I haven't seen it. haven't watched it yet. No. It's got Chris Evans and, and Ryan Gosling, yeah. which is I think it's his first movie since he had um, a child. 2018, I think, oh. was his last movie. I'll have to check that, but check my, my um, knowledge, but... And it's written by the guys who wrote um, the Captain America movies and directed by the Russo brothers. Oh, okay. Why haven't I watched this yet? It's an action film. That's probably why I haven't watched it. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it. But we've got to get out of here, guys. Catch you later. Bye. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture.